Hello again from Malcolm and Malcolm. We're back. Back, back. Feel uh, like it's been so long. Yeah, it really does. Uh, you know, I've been teaching at this STEM program over the summer. I've been teaching a lot of um, rising second to third graders, and been having definitely an up and down experience <laughs> to say the very least. Malcolm and I just moved in together, so we are hoping to get some great opportunities to work on the podcast a bit more, but then also to sort of share uh, our teaching experiences as we continue to grow our practice. So. Yeah, definitely. want to create a safe space, uh, especially for educators, but specifically black educators, you know, create a safe space where we can all come together, plan, brainstorm, talk, have some conversations, so that's something to look at. Look forward to from the Talking to Myself platform, for sure. Most definitely. So today, to sort of get us started, we're going to be talking to ourselves about, um, you know, one, what has sort of been our experience this summer and how our experience this summer is sort of going to dictate some of the things that we're going to be dealing with or thinking about coming into this new year teaching first grade and at new schools and being in charge of our own classrooms. So I guess to go ahead and get us started, Malcolm, um, what has been going on for you this summer in terms of teaching in the classroom and uh, all that that encompasses? Yeah, definitely. So this summer I've been teaching the same grade level uh, that you spoke on, second graders rising to third graders. So that was interesting. Just because having them, I think, in a transitionary period of summer school mm-hmm. is interesting because they've had the whole year, so you you have to gauge real quickly where they're at, what they know, what they don't know. Then you have to think about what you should teach them or prepare them for for third grade to be the most successful, especially since third grade is such a testing year, such a very important year. And so another thing that was very interesting too was I ended up being in a classroom where I pretty much had all girls. So it was me leading a classroom of 10 plus girls every day. If there was a boy in a classroom, it was only one. So he felt isolated and oftentimes would go to the other classroom where there were more boys so he could feel more comfortable in his learning environment. So summer for me was four weeks of pretty much constant conversation. I think, uh, especially reflecting as like a black man teaching black girls, one thing that I I spoke a lot about to some of my other friends, even my mother, colleagues, professors, was that you have to give black girls time to just express themselves, express their emotions. And so that looked like, we talked about instruction, looked like a lot of discussion, a lot of writing, a lot of brainstorming, We went through a lot of stages of learning how to do research and find answers to questions that we might have because they're just nonstop, just so many questions. I want to learn about this. I want to look into this. And so really just teaching them. My big thing was trying to teach them how to be self-sufficient. I think in the educational system, students learn, learn helplessness. So like they're, they're, not, they're not used to like being given work, being given instructions and told, you know, okay, now you go and figure it out and you know, produce your results and I'll help you as you progress, but I need to let you learn 
how to struggle, how to learn for yourself and figure things out. So I could tell for my students, it was like a very like difficult piece for them where it's like, okay, he gave me this assignment, he gave me my instructions, now I have to go figure it out. And it's constantly like raising my hand and asking questions and getting frustrated when he tells me what he needs me to try first and then he'll come back around and all these things. So it's been pretty interesting. Summer has, it's, it's, well, it was interesting. I'm finished. I know you have one more week. One more week, point. yeah. I finished, I finished just this past week. Uh, and I, I would say that it was very interesting. I think just as we prepare to have this first full year of teaching, it just really showed me, you know, one, how much planning you have to go into it. I was at a school um, in Southeast that really didn't provide me with any curriculum materials. So, you know, they gave me a bunch of workbooks for students to do, and that's it. So, you know, my biggest thing was having to plan out my own lessons and model out my own weeks and what I wanted to teach the students and everything like that. So that was a big thing. And then also time. I don't know for you, but one thing I've realized is like, one, how fast time can go, and then at other times how slow time can go in the classroom. Yeah, like, for sure. You'll like plan this whole lesson and you're like, oh great, this lesson's gonna take me the whole block and you know, we're just gonna be doing all these things. And then you start to do it and it's like 20 minutes goes by and the lesson's over, kids <laughs> are done with the work. Bloop. And you're, and like, you're uh... like, oh, what's <laughs> next? You know, so that's another thing that I really uh, wanna pay attention to as I have this time to like, plan out how my school year is going to go is really planning out my schedule like piece by piece like minute by minute you know so I really know okay if time finishes early this is what we can do and if I time goes over I'll make up for it here and everything and like and you you know I don't know if you would necessarily call it a crutch per se mm -hmm. but you had a little bit of support in terms of the fact that these were students that you had previously correct yeah so that was one thing that worked out but it worked out because I had a few, so I didn't know all. I, the students that I had before, I had four of them. Four of them were in my classroom mm -hmm. that I had previously, so that did help just to give me that, that report with them. Um, but also working at, working at the same school that I worked at for the school year for the summer definitely helped because if I didn't know the student personally, they had seen I knew you. them, yeah, they knew me and everything like that, so that definitely helped. I wouldn't call it a crutch, um, it might have been, I feel like it would be a crutch if I was in that situation where I was the lead teacher, mm. but due to the program being like the t teacher assistant, it was almost, the first couple of days were difficult because they had to get used to the fact that like, I'm in charge now. Yeah. And like, I'm really the teacher. And at first I could tell like they thought like, oh, well, we're just going to have like this assistant or anything uh -huh. like that. And then so when I like really started like setting like my rules and expectations and giving them work, they're looking at me like, oh, you're a teacher, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you're a teacher, teacher, yeah, man. So Not a teacher, but a teacher, teacher. Yeah, but yeah it definitely helped. Um, and it was an enjoyable because, yeah, it was fun to be able to finally teach them the way I wanted to teach them. For sure. Um, yeah, my experience was a little bit different. I was working at a STEM ish type program for the summer and I think it gave me a lot of <clears throat> valuable thinking points mm -hmm. for the summer right I definitely feel like there are a lot of challenges and obstacles that I'm going to have to sort of fight to overcome in yeah. this coming year 
in a multitude of ways, but something that, because I was, I was really excited to be a part of this program that mm-hmm. I've been in the summer, and something that was a little bit of a disappointment was the curriculum that uh-huh. was being given uh, by the program. So the program that I was working with was third to eighth grade, and it was a STEM program that tried to use sports as a way of sort of teaching math and science mm-hmm. in a really fun and accessible way. And on paper, it sounds fantastic. Um, and uh, I did a little bit of research in the program. I forget its name, but the program that designed the curriculum for them actually seemed like a pretty decent program. Yeah. But I'm not sure if there was some sort of budget constraint or like what the deal is, but they ended up having a single curriculum mm-hmm. for all students third to eighth grade. Oh, wow, and um, it just ended up feeling like not very helpful. Mm-hmm. And by most of the t- by the end of the time leaving, uh, most of the teachers had scrapped and were not following yeah. any of the curriculum anymore. So it, it, it ended up being, um, yeah, very, inter- very interesting experience. Uh, I also had two summer A's. And for those who are listening that may not know what a summer A is in our program, the individuals who are first coming in for the start of their master's degree at Johns Hopkins University and are just getting their their feet wet um, and are taking classes during their first summer like Malcolm and I were doing last year, uh, that's the summer A. And we would be considered summer B. So I, I had two summer A's in my room and that was a really cool experience to sort of, you know, see what I guess sort of see what we were like yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and sort of see what we were like and you know my summer A's were really fantastic and definitely I think 100% had that sort of growth mindset mm-hmm. coming into it but yeah there definitely is just a, a, a certain level of growth that happens from start yeah, A yeah, to yeah. start B and yeah you could see it so um, that was a really really uh, humbling and cool experience to have and uh, I'm really excited to sort of see going into this coming year you know when we look back on summer bees what um, our uh, sort of thinking or what our thoughts will be about around that experience so um, overall I can't say it was 100% positive Mm -hmm. but uh, can definitely say that I grew a lot from it and yeah. am continuing to grow from it. Mm-hmm. And so that has been um, what I've really tried to take out of the, the whole experience. You know, I, I think it'll be different. Both of us will be working with grades that are, from what I've heard, will feel significantly different than rising third graders <laughs> in terms of age um, and the way that students are thinking and their emotional growth and um, just maturity Mm -hmm. it will be a totally different experience so definitely trying to get myself mentally prepared for that Um, and so yeah thinking about yeah now we sort of like recapped what our experiences were this summer you know how has your experience in the classroom so far this summer affected how you're thinking about this coming year right when you're thinking about what you're going to try and take away um, you know we're gonna be working like I said with much younger kiddos and the work's going to be, the workload is going to be, I feel, the even if the workload isn't necessarily higher, because the workload has been fairly high this summer, yeah, the, 
the yeah it's gonna be just as high but the um the stakes are gonna be higher as well because mm-hmm. it's a whole entire year so what do you feel like yeah you can take from the summer that is going to bolster or yeah or yeah help your teaching mm-hmm. practice going in well one thing that you uh talked about which i kind of had a similar issue with was the curriculum during the summer right and so one thing that i had to end up doing um because my school had while they did have different curriculums for different grade levels and needs, my school wasn't the best at making sure teachers had the resources and materials they needed to teach their curriculum. And so I remember one week, you know, I'm planning, doing my lesson planning for the week. I pull up the curriculum to see, you know, what they want us to teach this week, what, 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 what should we be on. And I'm checking it, and it's telling me that students had to learn about fables and different types of writing and genres and author's purpose and everything like that. So I'm like, okay, that's cool, can do that. I look at the materials that I need and it's telling me to go to these pages out of this student workbook and teacher book and I don't have it. <laughs> and so I'm looking at the lesson plans that the school had given me, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well I don't have these materials so how can I teach these lessons? And so what I ended up having to do is what something that we've talked about, I had to just teach it to the standard. Yeah. And so I had to look at the standard and develop a lesson around the standard, which was cool because I ended up getting to use a great book uh, written by Debbie Allen called Dancing in the Wings, which is a great culturally relevant book, black characters, excellent read for the children. My children, like I said, I had a classroom of all girls, so them reading about a main character with a girl whose name was Sassy, and she has to overcome bullies and all these challenges, it was beautiful. They got to learn about author's purpose, between the difference between informing and entertaining. Excellent, lesson went great. Um, but it showed me, like, okay, wait, maybe for the school year, you know, like we talked about, even though I believe that once we get into our schools, they will have curriculum and hopefully have the resources and materials that we need. But it showed me too the power of teaching to the standard where it gives you so much more flexibility and creativity. And so going into the school year, it's made me think of, yeah, if I have a material curriculum that's telling me to teach to the standard, but the text that they're using is dry and boring or the activities that they want students to do students just can't connect with then i can modify the lesson to teach to the standard and use some more engaging relevant text and everything like that so i think that's a big thing that i'm, I'm looking to plan for is really since we're teaching first grade for me at least um, you're teaching first grade so for us really getting an understanding of those first grade standards and developing lessons and activities where students can become mastery of the standards rather than the curriculum. Hmm. So I know that's a big thing for me. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, it's funny you say that. My So the curriculum, I was gonna do have standards connected yeah. to it. It was like literally just like some activities that were connected to math. <laughs> that like, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really, really terrific point. And our classes, Malcolm and I were taking classes this this summer, and we had a very interesting experience with a mm-hmm. measurement and data class. Oh yeah. Um, but the one thing that I say I can take away from that class is yeah, being able to create a lesson. Yeah. That is, it, one is to standards, but two is 
feels engaging. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm actually doing something for the lesson, exactly. As opposed to following along with the lesson, it's so much more critically and mentally stimulating mm-hmm. than having to just sort of fill out and follow a yeah. sort of scripted curriculum. So exactly. yeah, I 100% yeah. agree. Because I think students will have a way of exceeding your expectations when you teach in that way too. Because I'm thinking of the lesson that I did after we read Dancing in the Wings, um, I had them, so they had to learn how the author's purpose, Debbie Allen's purpose was to entertain. That was an entertaining story that had a message, but it was still to like, you know, tell a story. And so what we did was they had to go tell, go create their own stories that were supposed to be entertaining. And, you know, so at first, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, so I'm gonna give you guys time to go brainstorm your stories, tell me what you wanna write about, and then you guys are gonna fold up some construction paper and we're gonna make these stories. And so, you know, I'm thinking they're gonna give me, you know, three to four sentences, tell me a quick little story. I had kids making chapter books and, <laughs> and drawing illustrations for each page and, you know, giving me a beginning, middle, and an end, a conflict and a resolution. And I was like really blown away, like, wow, you guys really got into this. And then afterwards, they wanted to share their work. They're like, can we sit back on the carpet and read each other our stories? Of course, you know what (laughs) I mean? And so it really showed me that, yeah, that student ownership of their learning, like I said, teaching to the standard instead of forcing a curriculum down their throat. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's also what she said in our measurement and data Mm -hmm. class, which is to give students more lift yeah because you can always take some off but it's hard to like take to, to give, give more, more lift once you've already taken the lift away so, exactly um so yeah i think that's a really really great example mm-hmm. of how that sort of plays out in a really wonderful way yeah uh for mo- for myself i feel as if if there's anything that i feel like i should take away the most from this summer in terms of you know how what was happening in this specific yeah. classroom that I felt was a really eye-opening experience for me was I had I had a few students a few of my students in my class who are a, a little bit just sort of all over the place yeah. like they're just absolutely brilliant and that was sort of the problem is <laughs> uh, they were just so time, smart that a lot of the material I was giving them was a, a little bit below their mm-hmm. uh, what their capabilities were, and you know I feel like this is where those ideas of like differentiation are so important is being able to not only plan for the students that are um, falling maybe below your expectations but are also exceeding far exceeding true. and uh, that within itself that sort of like planning can help keep your classroom organized and help keep your classroom productive because if I had <clears throat> you know if I had my students really pushed to what I think they're capable of then you know I'm not sure I would have had some of the behavioral issues that I was mm-hmm. having in my classroom sure, from sure. from some of them and I remember one of the things that he said was he loved school mm-hmm. because I mean, it was a little problematic because we were talking about, you know, why everyone loves school and, you know, all the other kids like, I don't, you know, I like school because of recess and I like school 
for this. He's like, no, I like school because I can learn to not be dumb. <laughs> and I was like, Jackson, yes, but like, <laughs> it teaches us to be good critical thinkers. Like, that's another way that we can say that, yeah. not just not be dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, he was just like a really, really smart and athletic you know, kid, um, but man, it was like he was just a ball of energy, man. Yeah, all over the place, just constant going, going, mm. going, going. Out in the field, it'd be 105 degrees this summer, yeah, yeah, and he was going, going, around, going. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, it was just one of, those, one of those bodies of minds that took a lot of stimulation. So that's something I really want to be attentive of mm-hmm. coming into the school year, um, for sure. I also want to be really careful the program I was in also split boys and girls up, mm-hmm. um, which, let alone not being even close to 50-50, like, yeah. I had, like, five, five or six girls on <laughs> a pretty busy day and, like, almost 18 boys on a busy day. Yeah, so it's just, like, totally different. Um, but uh, I also want to be careful of, like, the dynamics I, I create around mm-hmm. boys and girls because that, that dynamic that I had or am, am having currently creates a lot of unnecessary competition yeah, and right. dissension between yeah. uh, male and female students. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I, it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And um, I didn't think the kids would pick up on it being very important, but they felt, I mean, like it was just like- Oh yeah, no, they pick up. Yeah, they were just say. like, yeah, they, that's it. all they could talk about when it came to the boys and the girls yeah. is like, you know, are they doing their thing? Like, can we have our thing? You know, it was just like a whole competition mindset mm-hmm. that I just really yeah, despised. Yeah, that's where they're at. Yeah, I really didn't like it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's something also, I guess, mm-hmm. that I want to be very attentive of in my classroom yeah. coming in. And I guess, you know, now that we've sort of, I guess, been dissecting, like, what it is that we're taking away, I guess the next step is at the classroom and what... You know, we, we talked previously about mm-hmm. what we're sort of worried about for this yeah. coming year. Now we've had this experience of actually having our own classroom and being up at the mm-hmm. at the front doing doing the thing. And so like, what's what's your biggest gremlin, man? What's, what's sort of closest mm-hmm. to the play? I know mine personally would probably be, you know, like an organizational system. Organization. Like mine, I tried to implement one and the kids just they did not they just totally scrapped it like it was like it might as well have never existed and i couldn't you know after the first you know we talked about for the first week in the first couple weeks six weeks is just so important Mm -hmm. and you know this program is only six weeks long yeah but like i just couldn't get i just couldn't get it back after that so that's something i know for myself i'm really Mm -hmm. have to pay attention to um i think for me um, well, first I want to speak on what you talk about, like the boy and girl climate and stuff like mm-hmm. that, classroom culture, because that is one of my gremlins is just like creating my classroom culture, which I believe I can do, especially after this summer, seeing the way that my classroom was, I think I could definitely create a classroom culture that is like unique, positive, engaging. I'm even thinking about like the way my summer ended with the girls, like they didn't want to leave, like they wanted to go into third grade with the same class, same teacher. They just like really were just like dedicated to each other and to the classroom, which I thought was amazing. Um, 
But speaking on boys and girls, one thing that I tried to do this summer was build a community of respect, right? And so, especially from the young men in the classroom, because young men, especially when they are that young and age, they play a lot with their hands and they're very physical, and the girls don't necessarily like that, right? So the boy comes over and, you know, he might tap the girl, you know, give her like what we would call the love tap, you know? And the girl, stop hitting me! <laughs> you know, she starts going crazy, and the boy, you know, is looking at me like I was just playing. I was just, I was just having fun. And so, you know, breaking down to them, to my boys, and to the girls that you guys like to play and interact differently. And so, in order for you guys to get along in this environment, to be a learning environment, and we be like one big family. We have to respect each other's differences in the way we play. So I have to tell the boys, don't put your hands on them. They don't like that. They're cool if you come over there and you talk to them and you guys get to play in whatever imaginary game that y'all come up with. But they don't want to be touched. Keep your hands yeah, to yourself. Your hands <laughs> and then I framed it to the boys as in the sense of you guys need to look out for them. So a lot of times we'd be out at recess, right, with other classrooms and some of the other boys and the other boys would start putting their hands on the girls in our classroom. And the girls would come up to me, you know, really upset. And the boys would be there. And I'd be telling the boys, like, look, if you're in our class, you tell them boys keep their hands off our girls. Do you understand me? And they'd be looking at me like, do I, I'm supposed to tell them that? Like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes. Tell them don't touch my friends. Don't touch the girls in our classroom. Keep their hands to themselves. And my boys kind of like that because, you know, they get to puff out their chest to the other <laughs> boys and stuff like that. But I saw the dynamic change where now they're like, okay, wait a minute. I need to protect and respect these girls and then lead by example. So it got to the point where at recess, nobody's coming up to me anymore because my boys, if they're here, if they come and another boy puts their hands on the girls, they Step were- Step back. Yeah, they you know, pass them around. And I knew it was working because one day I had to leave early, right? One day I had to leave early. And so I had to split my, my, my uh, class up to other teachers. And they were having, you know, they went to recess with another class and stuff. And I come in the next day and two of the girls come up to me. They're like, these boys were messing with Samaya. I got this one girl. She's very tiny, very small, um, soft-spoken. And so sometimes like the boys like be messing with her and calling her a baby and stuff like that. And so I heard they were messing with them or whatever. And so one of my boys was there. And so I asked him, I was like, what'd you do? And he was like, nah, when I told him, like, I got her. I told him, like, leave her alone. Like, <laughs> I he was like, no, no, I, I pushed, I pushed him, nah, 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 like all this. And so I asked the teacher, I was like, did, is that what happened? And she was like, yeah, when they were messing with him, they came and told me. He heard, he ran over there and started, like, getting her and told him, like, leave her alone. And I was like... That's it. Like, <laughs> that's the classroom that I want. I was like, that's fire. You know, I was like, that's great. You know, like, I don't even got to be there. But that self-regulation, that community aspect of the classroom. Um, but I would say that probably is my biggest gremlin because we are going to be working with younger students. And then it's just on maintaining that and really, like, emphasizing that and the language that goes behind that because something I was cautious of like I didn't want them to feel like 
they had to protect the girls, right? Because the girls can stick up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I had to have those talks with the girls too about sticking up for yourselves as well. But just getting them in the mindset that, yeah, if you see it's not working or if you see she does need help or if somebody needs help in our classroom, then you help that person, mm-hmm. you help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also too, I'd probably say my other biggest gremlin would have to be parents parents Parents. yeah I'm big I didn't get a lot of experience that with the summer because a lot of my kids got dropped off for before care so they get dropped off even before I'm there and then they go to aftercare summer camp after so I don't see any parents and we had classes this summer y'all so like you know there was no chance to like stay after nothing it's pretty much like yeah and so I didn't have much interaction with parents and then the one interaction that I did have, it wasn't necessarily a positive interaction because her daughter had got to a fight with another girl and she went home and lied about the story. Oh, no. And yeah, it just turned into this thing and everything else. So just really just figuring out how to get parents invested into the class, want to be invested in knowing about their student learning and everything like that. I just feel like that's so important, especially when you talk about setting up a classroom with procedures and routines, especially because I believe we're both educators that don't want to focus too much on consequences. Like, I don't want to have to deal out. That's the worst. Yeah, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have a classroom where every day I'm threatening to call home or I'm threatening to take recess and everything like that. Uh, I want a classroom where it's just built off respect. The student knows, oh, he's in direct contact with my moms. My mom be coming to the school. They always talk. So I know if something goes wrong, my mom's going to answer him and talk to him. Because I even saw that this school year with kids, you know, they're not worried about it. Like, you tell I'm calling home, they're like, you're not going to talk to my mom. My mom doesn't know you. She's not picking up the phone for you. And so, you know, really just showing them, like, no, me and your parents have a relationship. We both care about you. So yes, if something goes wrong, everybody's gonna be aware of it. So just thinking of ways of doing that, of like, you know, and even nowadays, it's hard to trust kids that they're gonna actually take stuff home to their parents, you know what I mean? So just figuring out ways to do that. Yeah, that's real. I think, uh, same, I didn't have a bunch of experience with parents either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, had a, I had a few at the very start that yeah. were really positive. Um, and then it just, yeah, exactly. It just you know was not able to sort of manifest itself in a way that I wanted it to, and then I did have one parent interaction that was because a student made a not positive choice in my classroom <laughs> um, that resulted in him not being able to be there for a whole entire week. Yeah, exactly. So like you know it was just like time. man, like yeah, but. It, it was, I'm telling you, it was so random. My student was doing absolutely great up until that point. <laughs> and then just like sort of this freak thing that was like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, you know, it was a very interesting <laughs> yeah. experience. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then I guess uh, to sort of go into a little bit more detail about my own gremlin. Um, yeah, at the very start of the summer, when we were getting everything ready, I had set up folders with table names, mm-hmm. and you know each table had baskets that had you know just the materials that you would need for that day. 
Um, so usually just a pencil and then I'd add anything if it needed anything and then tables were different colors, right? So each table was specific. I mean, like I was just like, man, this is going to be great. Yeah. Everyone's going to know exactly <laughs> what's going on when, when it's happening. Um, and then it just like within the first few days, kids were like picking up the thing in the middle of the table that had all the pencils and, you know, tapping and drawing on the table and throwing the pencils across the room. And I'm, I'm just sitting there, like, eyes all big, like, oh, no, <laughs> what's happening? And, you know, kids were tearing off their name tags on, yeah. their, on, their, on their folders and, like, all that. I was just like, what? What was going on? Like, I, yeah. I didn't see this happening. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, like, coming into this next year, just finding some way to get students to buy in to it's to the modeling it, I, yeah. I believe in it more than ever it's the modeling yeah. and I like just like you I didn't believe like you know like it's like in our coursework and everything like that we hear people say how much you have to reiterate modeling and teach you know students exactly what you want them to do what the materials are you for handle the materials and then yeah so you know we're thinking okay I got rising third graders they know how to pick up a pencil. And they've been doing this for a few yeah, years. Yeah, you know, they'll be good. But it's, they, it's not that they don't, but it is true too with like people tell you that they want to see what they can get away with and yeah. like, you know, how serious you take your own classroom as well. And so like, yeah, that's one thing like, yeah, like I think whatever organizational system that you have to get students to buy in, you just got to teach it to them like day in, day out. Like this is what we do here like yeah no, for sure i don't know where you i don't care about where you not that i don't care but like you know you might have what was happening before, before yeah exactly not this not classroom like <laughs> they need that yeah yeah they need it yeah no most definitely but that yeah that's definitely that because I, I i honestly feel like especially that first week that first week for me was really hard yeah, yeah. I feel like that would that was the make it or break it for that first week, and it, and it broke me. <laughs> and, I was uh, broken, man. I was like, no. And, <laughs> see, yeah, see, and that was like my biggest fear, and that's why, like, my first week, I told myself, like, I had to create reminders. I had to, like, really force myself to, like, make them do what I want them to do, like, just like I've never been big on, um, you know, like you know, a simple transition. You know, come to the carpet with your voice off and come sit down, right? And at first, like I remember that first day, like I said it, and like a few of the students like came, and then like a few of them sat down, and like they like started like talking amongst themselves, and I literally remember thinking in my head like, oh, this is what everybody talks about. Like, what do you do, like? Do I make them go back to their desk and try it again for those two students? Or am I that, that cool teacher that just kind of like lets it rock? And like I keep going, right? And I'm like, they're nah, going, they're going go back. Because yeah, <laughs> I thought about like how it could like spiral out. I'm like, yeah, I let that go. And then it just keeps yeah. going. I'm like, okay, no. And I remember when I gave the instruction to go back to the seats. All the students looked at me like eyes real big. The two girls looked at me like really guilty. And I, I looked at them and let them know like. What did I say? That's. And I said, and I said it. So I was like, I'm going to say it again. These are my expectations. <laughs> I say it again. 
Let's try it again. And I got it right that time. Boom. Now we can start. And it's like, yeah, that balance, right? Where sometimes, I think especially us being young, you know, we're just kind of like... I don't I really care, care a lot. I don't really care like, that much, but it's like... I got to start caring that to, much. Yeah, <laughs> I got to. Yeah. To. No, for sure. Because for me, my biggest thing is like pencils, right? Sharpening pencils. I do not oh, like when that. students are getting up and just like... Well, I'm talking. Sharpen. Yeah, like, I'm like just going to sharpen their pencil and everything else. And I let it slide a couple of times. And like you said, it broke me. Like the rest of the summer, I had to just stop getting upset about it because I realized like it's my fault yeah it's my, my bad fault. job so like <laughs> now I just gotta let y'all sharpen y'all pencils <laughs> it's going to be you know so but yeah. yeah I think like when people say like those first six weeks that first week yes it's gonna be a lot of repeating yourself and a lot of like strict you know just do this I need this that but it's like so worth it yeah you know what I mean? yeah it's like so worth it yeah and that's honestly something I'm not the the best at anyway yeah. on like a, a, any given day. So exactly. yeah, most definitely. Um, so yeah, so I guess thank you for listening to us talk to ourselves. Uh, you know, I guess my biggest takeaway from everything we said, or at least one of them, was when you're talking about parents, right? That's yeah. we have not had a bunch of experience with that, yeah. and that's yeah. gonna be a totally new monster Ooh, yeah. uh, coming away from this like new year is you know how do we manage those relationships mm-hmm. I, I can you know barely remember all of my fellow coaches and teachers at my program yes, let alone right. like my students and then all my teachers and then all the my parents like oh my gosh like mm-hmm. that's gonna be a huge huge thing and then I, I think in a perfect world I'd be able to set up some sort of social media for the classroom where mm-hmm. parents should go and but then upkeeping that is like a whole nother yeah so yeah, yeah sure. that whole that whole world the parent teacher communication is like that's a whole mm-hmm. that's gonna be a beast yeah, definitely need some tools for that yeah i would say that yeah that's probably my biggest takeaway because i know that's something that i need to start thinking about more i just been so focused on like my classroom management my routines and procedures um i think though my biggest takeaway especially like discussing with you like yeah how like a classroom management system can go left if you let it slide too much or like meet your expectations um but one thing i try to do is like not psyching myself out like i know this summer i I did a lot of thinking where like i would have days where i'd be like really hard on my students because they weren't meeting expectations and i just like be really hard on them and like we're constantly having to redo stuff and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, afterwards, having time to reflect, I'd be thinking to myself, like, dang, I was, like, really hard on them today. And, like, low-key, like, feel bad and be worried about, like, you know, tomorrow they're not going to like me and they're just going to make it even more difficult because they're going to be angry and frustrated. But then, like, the next day you come in and, like, they're running to give you a hug because they've forgotten about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, like, not psyching yourself out when it comes to, yeah, like, go back to your desk. We're going to sit back down again. And, you know, you're going to hear the groans and the complaints. And the, <laughs> he's mean and I don't like him and everything like that. But you got to be able to just let that stuff slide right off you. Because in the next five minutes, they'll love you again. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's my biggest takeaway. It's just like, don't psych yourself out. Plan. You got to have, you got to plan to be as prepared as possible 
and just stick to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for listening, y'all. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at Talking to Myself Edu, uh, at our website, which is talkingtomyself.org, Instagram, Talking to Myself underscore Edu, and make sure to, to subscribe uh, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcast or you know your favorite podcast provider. I think. I would love for us to get on Spotify. I don't exactly, are we, are you we know. Not on Spotify? I don't. I don't remember us being on Spotify. Uh, check, check Spotify. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and if we're not up there, we're gonna try to get ourselves on there yeah. as well. Um, you know, so we hope you'll you'll tune it. You'll tune back in in two weeks for the next episode of talking to myself. Definitely. Thank you for checking us out.